0: And we're in. It feels like this is a real slap-dash start to the old podcast, <laughs> isn't it?
1: Yeah, well, they, he, shouldn't, they should have seen the bits we tried to record before. It's taken us 45 minutes to get to this point.
0: We're either going to be massively angry because it's taken so long, absolutely sick of talking to each other. One, one, <laughs> which one do you want? Which way do you I, want to go I this?
1: did give you an operatic performance, but you just couldn't hear it.
0: You could have been singing it. You could have been slacking me off. <laughs> for a solid 30 seconds <laughs> we normally do the what have you been up to since we spoke last well the hour before talking to you for an hour i was speaking to my dad trying to get him to set up his zoom account which i've invested about an hour and a half of my time over two days in doing now <laughs> and i think he's there but it, I, I, like i said to you this is on record I love my parents. Well, I love my folks dearly. But what is also on record is that my dad has got sausage fingers and he can't operate a mouse or trackpad. He's just not dexterous enough to pull it off.
1: See, like anyone that that like, is friends with you on Facebook, when you talk about your dad, I just imagine Alan Partridge like
0: Oh my god. No? No, not at all. Really? Like not, no, not really. Me and my dad are quite different in many ways. So we're talking about, um, yeah, he's very practical and obviously being a plumber and builder by trade, it's quite useful, whereas I'm completely useless. So whenever, normally me and my sister, like my sister will text me and say something like, a classic will be, dad's talking about buying another phone. I'm going to hand this one over to you because he's gonna, he wants to speak to one of us about upgrading. <laughs> So someone has to step in, and because he's done so much uh, and he helps me out a lot, whenever I get a chance to like help him, I do feel like right, kind of stick with it. But Mum doesn't help either in the background, rattling on. Both of them trying to trying to operate a laptop. It was. uh, Oh, can you hear that? That's the builders in the background hammering away. So it's just (laughs) the ideal podcast setup today. Really is.
1: We are winning at life today.
0: So apart from. Helping the old man, which was the immediate past. Running's still going well, Rambo. Let's get a positive in it because it feels yes,
1: quite, it. I'm quite, gonna a, add.
0: quite a downbeat offering so far. <laughs> I yeah. think
1: it's value. It's totally fine.
0: Yeah, this is true. But running is good. Got an eight miler in at the weekend. And you know, when you can feel like whether it's uh, strength training or fitness or cardiovascular all that kind of stuff when you feel things starting to head in the right direction that's what I felt that's what I felt like over the last couple of weeks like the running slowly coming back like especially breathing wise and stuff so whether it was covid or whatever i had beforehand like definitely something a bit iffy with the lungs but they seem to be they're getting there now like i'm getting through runs and actually finishing strong and feeling good so the running's coming back and when yeah. you enjoy when you enjoy training you want to do it and then you do more of it, and then you get fitter, and da 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 da, da. So I feel like That's I feel like I, I know. I feel like I'm starting the snowball, though. I feel like I, oh, I've got the boulder moving now. Now it's just a case of Keeping let's going. keep that keep that momentum rolling.
1: Good, good.
0: You've you've been busy though, haven't you?
1: I have been busy. I did have a very busy week last week. Um, so I hosted a webinar on Thursday on the principles of fat loss. Um, it was called. So you think you want to diet
0: Um,
1: and uh, yeah, just about um, principles of fat loss and scientific of how it really works in terms of energy balance. Um, uh, But then also like about the adaptations that your body makes and what makes it so hard and why a lot of diet companies say rely on it getting hard in order to um, instill those feelings of guilt and failure in people So they think that they haven't lost fat and then they reach for the Ben and Jerry's and they keep coming back and how that kind of maybe instills a very damaging relationship with food. So yeah, I did that on Thursday night, which was very successful and popular. So I feel very fortunate um, to be able to deliver that. Um, And if anyone who's listening to this does want the link, then we can pop that in the episode notes as well, um, because that is up in the imaginary cloud somewhere for someone to watch.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's worth a look though, isn't it? Like in terms of, I think if you're, if fat loss is your thing, cause I think if you went in with, um, right, my talk's going to be about the principles of fat loss. I mean, that could be one slide with energy balance written on it <laughs> Ta-da! Yeah, exactly. and then yeah, out you that. go, you, you know, the, the bulk of it. But when you talk yeah. about the adaptations, and I think just telling people what to expect, so they've actually got, so the the title of it, which which I love, like, so you think you want to diet. It's like, that's not meant to be leading someone one way or the other. It's just before you do, this is what you're getting into. This is yeah. what you can expect. this is a realistic time frame. This is how many exactly. calories you might want to eat and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's actually uh that's a better way to frame it than just, oh, you want to lose X amount, let's chuck you in a deficit and get going. Um, because again, you, you get the weight loss, but you don't necessarily get the education on the way through. And like, we kind of know from every diet study that's ever been done, losing weight, relatively straightforward, keeping it off a bloody nightmare. So, exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: And that's exactly what I put in the webinar. You know, like I think by slide two, I'd literally spoken about energy balance and then I put, right, I could end this webinar. That's <laughs> yes. all you need to know. However, um, yeah, it, it just it went into a lot of things, and it was a nice way to be able to um, give something back to people that maybe are thinking about it. And um, the key points I kind of wanted to get across from it is even though fat loss can be quantifiable, is it doesn't have to be. And too many people do get very focused on the numbers, and it's about assessing as to whether you really need that, um, which most people don't. Um, so that was good. Um, I also. Had a three hour webinar on Sunday for which was my level three for pre, um, supporting pre and post exercise. So that's good. And I know that's you're, something can... you're
0: loving a webinar at the moment.
1: Oh my you're God. Absolutely like, knocking them out. I am knocking them out. I'm also feeling like I have to up my step count because I'm sat on my ass for so long watching all these things. <laughs> doing what all was, these
0: what was the pre and post natal? As in, were you you weren't hosting that, were you? Were you were oh, you no, no, sit, no, that's... On it.
1: That's me learning. So that's me working towards a level three in supporting pre and postnatal exercise just for another string to my bow so I can take on pre and postnatal clients if I need to and support them through all stages of their pregnancy and journey. Fascinating
0: um, topic and definitely it, one that, that was one of the things we were talking about beforehand, but actually that is, and we'll come on to the Q&A in a sec, but one of the questions was around not um, like pre and postnatal, but it's, it's it's such a huge topic and one that it just needs longer doesn't it it just needs its own its own show
1: really does so we're going to dedicate an episode to that I think shall we
0: shall we move on to questions
1: let's move on to questions we did have some um some people actually respond to our first episode with some questions which was really lovely to know that more than one people one person listened to it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cheers, Dad, if you're if you're listening. Sorry about that rant beforehand.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, <sausage> fingers <laughs> as
0: he'll be known forevermore. Um so we have one from Catherine. So I'll read it out and just give you um give you a little bit of context here. Superb pilot episode, pod there, Amy and Andy. Well done us. Well done. <laughs> as for myself who's about to become a personal trainer i certainly have learned something new about nutrition and exercise and that's good to hear um since lockdown purchased a few various bits and pieces of fitness equipment in order to keep up with my strength training well done you catherine who, how smart are those people by the way who bought the equipment oh, early doors before those, stuff. before those prices went through the roof unbelievable Ridiculous. by the way um few suggestions for future podcasts body image body dysmorphia eating disorders mental health and pregnancy before and after so what we're going to do with that like some like obviously we spoke a little bit about pregnancy but the those topics like body dysmorphia and eating disorders they are kind of like topics in their own right so yeah we will be discussing those things in future podcasts for sure but thanks for taking the time catherine to message that was very very kind first one to get our teeth into from Jordan would love to hear some discussion about the impact of doing less resistance training during lockdown like if you've been training for a couple of years consistent consistently if not obsessively I mean Jordan is describing himself here by the way for anyone who's uh, (laughs) unsure how does a few weeks of not training in the gym actually impact should people be massively worried about losing gains and strength over a few weeks how quickly do things come back do you want to have a first stab at this or do you want me to? Amy, your call?
1: Cool. Um I mean I'll have a I'll have I'd like to say a quick stab and then you can add to it. Um, Go for it. so first of all, it depends on what the goal is. Um, if the goal is to put on strength and muscle mass, obviously we've got the issue now that there's limited resistance available unless you've got your own home gym. Um, outside of body weight there's loads you can do with body weight in terms of varying um, tempo movements building balance through different planes of motion and things like that so there's definitely stuff you can do which will if you just want to maintain what you've already got um, then oh my god yes you're not going to lose that much in terms of losing muscle, if in a period of few weeks, I'm, I would put my neck on the line to say it wouldn't be noticeable. Strength, yes, you would lose a little bit of strength in a few weeks. But again, it's only a few weeks at the end of the day. And there is plenty you can do to move your body in different ways to actually Um, stimulate new muscle that you're actually probably not used to to, to using. Um, But also, I think the second part of that answer to that question would be, it really depends on your training age as well. Um, If you're an absolute brand new beginner to training, um, there is so much you can do working within different tempos and rep ranges with not much resistance at all that if you are eating right, you will actually change your body composition, build strength and possibly build a little bit of muscle. If you have been training for a few years, like someone like Jordan sounds like he has, um, I think, again, it depends on your goal. But if your goal is really a massive strength goal, I personally would use this time in terms of a train to maintain. Train to, in a way that will maintain what you currently have, which is you are more than capable of doing with your own body weight. So then, when you do get back to the gym and you get used to moving resistance in those particular movement patterns um, that you were used to, that you can still move and stimulate adapt- adaptation. Um, that would be my non long winded answer. <laughs> Mr. You've left, you
0: left me nothing. Nothing. <laughs> God damn it.
1: I mean, uh, you, like you are more familiar with Jordan in particular than I am, so I mean, um, that, that, that's actually uh,
0: why it's quite good to get you to answer it, um, okay. because now when I come out with this stuff, he might believe me. So I've got <laughs> on backing me up. Uh, no, you've you've kind of hit most of those pretty much. I would say, yeah, the maintenance part of it. I think to try and to maintain maintaining muscle mass and maintaining strength are like two different things right they are they are synergistic, they do go hand in hand, but it's I would say it's a lot easier when you're doing and and Jordan is doing a lot of body weight work um so I think personally he'll maintain the majority of his muscle mass you know if the again, caveat with if the diet is on point um or or not even on point, like somewhere in the ballpark as long as it's yeah. not chronically low you're going to uh, maintain muscle mass. In terms of strength, you touched on it a little bit. I suppose the one thing I might add to that would be people sometimes can confuse a loss of strength with just a loss of practice, depending on the movements that you're, some movement patterning and stuff like that. If you're, and this comes with training age a little bit. So if you, if you yourself, so how long have you been training, Amy, would you say? Eight Eight years, yeah, if 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 you didn't train for a year, and then you went back in, you didn't do anything, and then you went back into squat, I bet I bet it comes back quick. Mm. Like in terms of just the pattern will be there. You'll be like, oh, it's like riding a bike. You may not you may not ride a bike for months, but you're not gonna you just don't forget it. You just know it. Whereas if someone's been training for like maybe six months, maybe even up to a year, and they're just starting to get get yeah get a pattern down and get in the groove, and they've got their stance sorted out and they've had to play with different um types of squat and deadlift and then they don't train for a year they might forget quite a lot because it hasn't been as ingrained in Um, so that's that's something to think about when people first come back and they're a bit out of practice that oh my strength's gone and but it's very rarely that it's it's rarely that it's normally you know we need a couple of sessions get the pattern back get that you know foot position body position get back in the groove and you're and you'll be fine and it's amazing how quick it does come back and just to answer the last part there how quickly do things come back so i don't know if there's an exact science to this but i remember reading somewhere long ago that if you're so one thing i am confident of if you started and you trained something for six months and then stopped and you had like time off it's not going to take you another six months to get back up to that same point like I, i kind of think you almost cut it in almost cut it in half so if people go away for say people go on holiday for a couple of weeks or even three weeks it might take them one maybe one and a half weeks to kind of get back if you have three months off it might take you a month or maybe it takes you a month to get back into the swing of things but I don't think me personally I wouldn't worry about it as long as you're doing some form of physical resistance training and like you said maintenance is maintenance is under races I think yeah. Um, because it can't be this. A lot of what res- resistance training is, is maintenance and then regressing slightly and then going again. So we're around that maintenance kind of level more than we think, especially as training age increases.
1: I would agree with absolutely everything you said, unless you are, unless you have just had a baby, to be honest, in which case, which- Hold game on. We're talking-
0: <laughs> Jordan, we've got a question for you. <laughs>
1: The female. The we we female. just
0: want hey we just want to clarify <laughs>
1: um yeah so i i when it comes to like if you have three months off it'll probably take you a month to get, maybe get back to so what level you were before unless you've grown a human inside yourself where give yourself just, a little bit longer give yeah, yourself a little it's I'd no rush if you've had a year off because you've grown a baby and then looked after it, you probably, it's probably going to take you a year to maybe get back to what you were before. Um, yeah. So yes, that's, that's all I'd say. But I, yeah, I completely agree with everything. And um, like, I think being at a period of maintenance and maybe slight, and I'm saying slightly regressing, but like you say, there's no reason why you should regress, but being at a period of maintenance when you get back to the gym you'll probably make quite you know make improvements quicker oh, ma- than you would have massively. done for sure yeah.
0: yeah definitely like the for first sure. one back's normally terrible oh
1: <laughs> horrendous
0: horrendous and the, and the second one's only marginally better like the second one's more about patting yourself on the back that you've made it for a second time after the awful first session but once <laughs> you get into like three and four it's like oh, okay this is starting to come back a bit now but like this is so common but like the thought of it is so much worse than the reality of it
1: yeah
0: by far yeah yeah Jordan we hope that um answers your question but it's a good one though and it's It's one that's completely relevant to anyone who has been lifting and now suddenly finds themselves without a gym
1: Mm.
0: um shall we move on to David's question
1: yes let's move on
0: do you want me to do the whole thing or one at a time
1: Um, I think pick out the relevant ones that will be the best to discuss. Maybe save some. There's one I particularly want to save for a whole episode, you know. Okay,
0: I know which one that is, so we'll we'll save that. Um, A couple of these I think will be pretty quick fire. So the first two, our home, and we've kind of covered it, are home workouts bad slash less effective than gym workouts? Quick thoughts on that?
1: Um, No, home workouts can be brilliant. However any kind of workout you need to ask yourself what is your goal what are you trying to achieve from that workout bingo are you trying to build muscle are you trying to lose body fat are you trying to relieve some stress because if you're trying to relieve some stress and you want to do five rounds of 50 burpees 50 walking lunges 50 sit-ups 50 jump squats like no that is uh, absolutely not that is going to put you in a a world of pain and more stress on your body anyway so if you're if you're chasing some kind of endorphins that you think a work a random home workout from some influencer on instagram is going to give you then that is not the way to go home workouts that are programmed um and that show relevant intensity for you as an individual and that allow for progression are brilliant but the fact of the matter is and we'll come on to talk about this later probably as well with regards to pts and there are very well from what i have seen and please correct me if i'm wrong um there are very there is a smaller scope of pts that are able to do that kind of programming without the assistance of gym or gym-based equipment and that is where the problem lies i would say and again i'll hand that over to you
0: yeah cheers for that (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna go straight back to the question we'll leave other pts out of it for now save that for the last section of this particular (laughs) pod um so like yeah are homework are home workouts bad or less effective than gym workouts they're definitely not bad are they less effective again you kind of you already said this it depends what the goal is so if it's a case of um you're doing body weight work and you've got you know some pull-up bars at home and you're doing pr- weight you know body weight press-ups and stuff there's no reason why it can't be as effective at home as it is in the gym if you're a power lifter and you haven't got a squat rack and a barbell at home then your workout's gonna be less effective if the goal is powerlifting. You're, yeah. you're gonna stray you have to stop picking up picking up humans or tossing the car, you're deadlifting your car and stuff like that. So so it can be like so. I was thinking when you were saying about people stressing at home or like not being able to train how they would do normally. I think for most people, like we can adapt to it, use tempo, mm. you know, use what you've got in the house, be a bit creative. If you're a power lifter, good luck with that. You know, like you're you can, and, you, and even powerlifters can still do stuff, but it, but it's you know three movements, very specific, generally very heavy. Um, so that so that would be uh that would be a downside, and maybe link it in with the the lockdown guidelines. If you if you're an endurance athlete and you're only allowed to go out for one time a day, an hour a day, like at the start of lockdown, yeah. and you want to go and do twenty mile runs, well, it's you like should. And this this was a discussion in the run club. People like, I don't feel comfortable sticking to you know my marathon programming because it feels like i'm taking the piss because i'm out yeah. for two and a half hours so yeah. yeah um but like that that's such a good question and then the, the follow-up from that is do people do them badly uh lack of guidance question mark and i suppose this is where like pts would get on the pts that are not a fan of like joe wick's type workouts and like you said about you know multiple burpees and just kind of like beasting yourself if people enjoy doing that um and they can do it safely and recover from it it's absolutely fine so like the do people do them badly yeah some people do (laughs) some people do and some people don't and i think people who train with a pt or who come to the gym and, and are like regular gym goers they are a lot more likely to be doing things well because they've been taught technique movement, how they you know, how their body works, their trainers probably spent hopefully spent some time setting them up, you know, in their ideal squat position, not this is what the textbook says, everyone must fit this. Like hopefully mm-hmm. their their program's been tailored a little bit. Um but there's gonna be a bunch of people that are doing stuff um that are doing stuff poorly, but you just hope that that first Joe Wicks video or that first um online training that they did, maybe that'll be the springboard then to get them into you know train on yeah. a regular basis so sure. it's, hard, it, it's hard to hate on it i think like before i'd be a lot more scathing of it whereas now i think do you know what not everyone is a gym goer so then what are you left with you're left with what you can do at home so
1: and i completely agree and like we were saying in that first episode like i am i'm a gym goer i love the weight section i love resistance i love what it did for my body however like I'm really enjoying the positives from home workouts now. Like you know, I could go into the lounge, get my mat out, and five minutes within five minutes, I'm warmed up. I'm training. Within five minutes, I'm back in the fridge and I'm eating. Like it's brilliant.
0: It's It's everything I love in life. It's the it's the bloody dream, isn't it?
1: Yeah. But like, and if you're if you've never trained before, if you're an untrained individual i would i think this is the perfect time to get a pt sign up now while we don't have access to gyms and get yourself a pt who will do some <laughs> yeah. personal training and PT, for
0: you. pts will probably be running some deals after this sorry.
1: yeah <laughs> but like it's true because while you've got no resistance you can learn to move your body in the way that it should be functional Um, with minimal resistance before then you add load and a lot of times this is what i was saying about when i first started training i started moving the load before i actually knew how i should be moving Um, brilliant
0: point amy brilliant point that love that and you're you're going to go into he says rudely interrupting you're going to go into this next question um which is and this is something you mentioned actually which we uh, sell out davy's next part was why can i not change my strength retrospectively if i started training quote unquote wrong
1: um right i don't really claim to know a lot about this i know a lot of pts and trainers that do know more about this than i do however in my limited and experience not to undersell myself um don't be um,
0: underselling yourself come on now
1: um so like it, it depends on your training age, which is what I touched on earlier. Like as a beginner to training, um, everyone's heard of the term like newbie gains. Basically when you put your body under any kind of resistance or force it into a place of adaptation, your body will respond very, very quickly. And it's, um, it's kind of to do with your, with your motor units and your muscle recruitment. So you, strength is very relative to the individual so you will have a muscle and when you're new to training you will only be able to recruit a certain number of motor units and muscle recruitment as you as you train and you adapt you will learn to recruit more units which will actually build your strength if you do it properly so as you're new to training we want you to be working in the higher rep ranges so working on a lot of muscular endurance to build a foundation before then you move into say muscle building your hypertrophy kind of shorter rep ranges which are the ones that usually everybody goes in and starts doing which is our kind of 10 to 12 oh i'll just do 10 reps i'll just do 10 reps three sets
0: of 10 three sets of 10
1: done initially like beginners I'd love to be a bloody beginner again Andy like if you love training beginners do not fatigue it takes them so much stimulus to put them under fatigue because everything is a new movement like if I for example if if you gave me a a barbell and you said right I need you to pick Amy pick a weight that you can do 15 four sets of 15 reps at say i might pick like 60 kilos and i'd be pretty knackered after those four sets because that 60 kilos is relative to my strength yeah i could give a beginner a relative weight to their what they could do 15 reps at and they could probably do 10 10 sets and the accumulation that you know, they, that they can actually do with the same relative percentage of weight is just massive because everything's new to them. They can recruit... Is that the builders? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry. You will edit it perfectly, I know.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure.
1: So as a beginner, your ability to express your strength is almost... not. I don't want to say infinite, but you're you're learning everything for the first time. Whereas as when when you move, move outside of that phase and you become more of an intermediate and you have a certain relative level of strength, obviously you can express that and you will fatigue a lot quicker. Um, whereas when you're a beginner, you're just, everything's new, you're making so many adaptations. You're recruiting motor units. You're training your CNS, like your central nervous system, about movement patterns. Once that has already happened, once those patterns are ingrained, it's very, very hard to relearn those.
0: Yeah, and there's so there's something going on. Like I think there's that physiological level to it for sure. Like once you've once you've had those six months when you first get into the gym, you can't have them again yeah because it isn't novel anymore, like maybe if you detrained and and again you took like a few years off you might you could recreate part of it maybe um but or if
1: you've had a baby
0: that baby just keep coming back round. <laughs> um, but I'll i'll give you I'll give you another reason why I think people stall on their strength and it's more of a more of a practical one uh and me re- almost more of a like an ego driven one and it's if someone goes in and maybe, yeah, like probably we both did, goes in not really knowing what they're doing at the outset. And especially if you're like yourself, you would like probably like a uh, a high responder to it, just started putting on muscle and took it really quickly. For then say like three, four, five years down the line, maybe you run into a PT or you start being coached and they're like, that movement pattern's a bit off. That bit, you know, your technique there—it's not optimal. You need to kind of change that. And what happens is you start kind of, so you learn. So you kind of like you force as much growth as you can early on. Then you're like looking to tweak things. And if someone decides actually looking at you, you could do you could do this a more efficient way, but it's going to involve you taking them weights down fifty percent, or maybe not even that. People do not want to hear that a lot of the time. Oh God, no! Good God, no! People do not want to hear, and actually, to do what I call like almost like a gradual rebuild, is it? it it's not demoralising if you do it well, but it's such a long. It's like a long-term project. You're talking. You're potentially talking about taking six months to a year. So, and especially if you get to a really good level at something, and then you have to regress yeah. down. And the 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 nearest, the best comparison is when you get someone who has maybe had an injury that's forced them to rethink it and there are a lot and, and you don't wish injury on anyone but one thing I'll when people first come back in especially if they're uh, advanced trainees and they're, they've had the injury they haven't been out of training they're proper demoralized and they're like oh my god like all my strength's gone all that kind of stuff what I'll try and sell them on is a bit is that you've got an opportunity now like you wouldn't wish it on anyone but you've got an opportunity to now to actually like instill, you know, quote unquote, the perfect movement patterns for you, you can really take time to listen to it because we can't load this knee or ankle or whatever it may be at the moment. We have to work on tempo, positioning, working on feedback, incrementally, you know, incremental volume step by step, doing it basically by the book. Um, And that's something that a lot of people have never done before. So I do think that that question about um why you can't change your strength retrospectively, you can never get like the the newbie gains back but I think people can do a lot more than they appreciate than if they just gave, but you have to give it time. Yeah. No one wants to do that. yeah <laughs> no.
1: like, if you, it's like, think about, think about a sport you really love or like an athlete you really, really admire. Like they are advanced. They are advanced in their training age in terms of they've been training for years. Yes. They've got incredible genetics. They're at the top of their game. <clears throat> Excuse me. If it's a skill, then, you know, they've worked really, really hard on those skills. So if you are that kind of athlete, which sorry to insult anybody that's listening, but I doubt they probably are. You know, they will work their ass off for years to get 1% better because that is their capability of expression does that make sense
0: one percent would be a ama- would be amazing oh, if they yeah. if they were able to improve that look yeah. at um i'll t- tell you who is a great example of this um tiger woods basically being like up to um, when he had like his back injuries and stuff like kind of was on course to break all the records but still one of the most successful golfers has ever been completely changed his swing was like now nah, i'm gonna go back to drawing board now if yeah. he can do it, we can all do it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> don't get yeah. don't get don't get too attached. Look, look what his swing got him. He didn't get too attached to it. He's like, nah, that's not working for me anymore. My back's in bits. Even though I've won all these grand slams, my back is in bits. I cannot turn. I'm gonna have to change something. And if he can do it, then you know, me uh, me, for example, not back squatting and switching to front squat, meaning I have to squat less, but my back stays in one piece. I should I should do that. Yeah, (laughs) that that is a that is a no brainer.
1: And I had this conversation this morning about with them the other coaches, and it's just you saying I should do that. It's what we want to do versus what we should do.
0: Yeah, and sometimes the want it's worth doing it, but it's just it's explained to someone well, probably not if you're going (laughs) to injure yourself. But if someone wants to train a certain way, it's like okay, cool, we can do that, but just realise that there's a ceiling on it, and you're going to have to stop there. Whereas if you take yeah six months you're gonna spend a long time down here but you might yeah. get there yeah but people might be like no nah, I don't want to do that that's fine yeah
1: yeah you what, do you what
0: can you do what, what can you do what do we know what do we know eh? um and the last question on here um from David again has provided some absolute bangers on here yes. uh running does endurance ever conflict with strength training runners are generally small and slender versus bulk on a resistance training individual put on there.
1: Um I'll give that one you, Andy, because you're the runner.
0: Cool. So short answer, does endurance ever conflict with strength training? Yes, it does. But I'm quite uh I almost end up having to defend the opposite position with this quite a lot when people think that they can't do any cardio whatsoever because it's they're suddenly gonna start shedding muscle. the pound so um it does it does conflict with it i I think for for most people what they worry about is it it's people that are interested in strength training and muscle mass and they're worried that they're not going to hold on to muscle tissue or it's suddenly going to start dropping off so that's not going to happen as long as the diet is in place and you're not running yourself literally into a calorie deficit because obviously running burns a shed load of calories which is good if you've got a big appetite This guy
1: Um, (laughs) picked his sport wisely. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. Runners are generally small and slender, versus bulk on a resistance-trained athlete. So, again, a bit of a generalization. But you know, if you if anyone's doing anything, I I, I would I would challenge that slightly by saying, again, it's that kind of we were talking about like uh, last week about picture a healthy body and you think six pack, rip lean. Picture runner. People think of elite athletes or elite runners. or or, you know the guy at park run going around in like 16 minutes if you went to uh for example bishop running club on a wednesday night it's the complete gamut of people it's not like a bunch of kenyans rock up and start doing hills (laughs) do you know what i mean it's like it's quite a mixed bag shapes sizes age groups that's tickled me i think um honestly on that Wednesday night I think the paces go anywhere from like 11 minute miles down to like eight minute mile in for like the longer runs um so it, people people can be different shapes and still be runners and um, slight tangent um but you do run into a you run into a situation where let's say you're you love resistance training and you love running so definitely a play I definitely favor running now personally cause I enjoy it. But for a long time it was kind of, I'd have them on par and what would happen, I'd be able to kind of build on them to a point. And then if you want to keep progressing, you have to pick one because otherwise you can kind of, it just, it's almost like, um, when people say, can you lose muscle? Uh, sorry. Can you gain muscle and lose fat at the same time you can do, but it's like, a painstaking balance of slight if you're a beginner well yeah or become a beginner yeah I mean you could you can kind of you could edge along and get little increments or do you know what for six months this periodized block is going to be on getting faster so to be faster I need to be lighter if I'm lighter when I get under that bar to bench I am not going to feel as strong you know it's not going to be suddenly I can't lift it but I've felt that so many times when again I'm kind of quote unquote going by the books so I'm still trying to keep the weights as heavy as I can i um, still trying to keep the stimulus high but there comes a point when you've lost like five six kilos where it's not conducive to strength yeah like that amount but it's brilliant for suddenly like when I'm an hour into a run I can put my foot down and just fly and that's amazing and that's what you have to you, you can get to a point but then you, I would say if you want to keep making that progress you have to pick one or you pick different time of the years and you pick something to focus on but you you, just, you can definitely do both though
1: yeah oh I agree and just for my two pennies worth there's if running is your goal but you enjoy strength training then I would definitely um, recommend or advocate strength training to support the running so runners tend to have lazy glutes so a bit of glute focus work is really really beneficial for runners obviously you want strong legs um i'd build endurance in the hamstrings adductors groin area um you know and upper body stuff just for kind of balance as well yeah because you don't want to be that kind of pinhead matchstick from the belly button up with these huge (laughs) runners legs I mean, unless, you're
0: a, unless you're an elite runner. I mean, that's unless you're exactly, the Kenyan that, that rocks up
1: it. to the Bishop's Torquard running club.
0: i tell you what, they're quick. They are rapid, those boys.
1: <laughs> but, you know, you look at someone like Usain Bolt, and obviously, like Usain Bolt, Bolt is a 100-metre sprinter, sprinter. It's a lot more power in terms of running. But he is a, a runner, but he is built for his, for his niche. So, you know, his power comes from his legs, but he's still muscular on top because yeah. it benefits him to do that. So yeah, I would completely agree with you, decide on which one takes preference and then use the other one to support that. So yeah. if if you enjoy if you want to focus on strength training, then still do endurance exercise in order to support your aerobic capacity. If you want to be an endurance athlete, then use strength training to support your endurance sport. Bingo. Yeah,
0: ex- exactly that. I, I, I honestly think when people are like fr- afraid of doing cardio, it's absolutely it's insane. Like actually being able to, um, if you improve your endurance, like by running, there's a carryover in the gym. Like you can yeah. tolerate a bit more, you can recover quicker between sets. If you strengthen, yeah. like you said, if you strengthen your glutes, then when you're at the back end of that 10 K or half marathon and your muscles are literally just like, you need them to fire to support you. Like look at people at the end of a marathon, see what their legs look like a mess running mechanics have like gone out the window by that point so if you've built some kind of um strength base in there it's not going to make it easy but it just puts you in a better position um, exactly. Exactly. these things can coexist and be friends w- and weights right last section of the pod today current affairs slash rant exclamation mark
1: <laughs> <laughs> exclamation capital letter <laughs>
0: um We're going to talk a little bit about, well, I suppose there's there's two areas to this, right? So there's the PTs and I'll I'll tee you up for this one, Rambo. So after the announcements from the government last week, um, us personal trainers can, we can train people one-to-one outside as long as social distancing and all the other guidelines are met. But there are a few people out there who are flouting these recommendations and maybe not sticking to them as strictly as they might do amy would you like to contribute <laughs> have you got any thoughts on this
1: no none at all let's end it there no yeah. <laughs>
0: anyway the weather uh. yeah
1: um oh. it's hard not to get emotional about this like emotionally invested like i think people Like you, like we both said before, we like started recording. People are getting fed up, and I appreciate that people are getting fed up. The weather's getting nicer. People want to get outside. Maybe people have started going back to work, so they're actually started to be back in their old routines. And part of their old routines was the gym. But the fact of the matter is that gyms are a cesspit for bacteria and You know, it's going to be really difficult to control the amount of people that are in there. So I think it's great that now we can go and maintain social distancing, but still train people on a one on one basis. However, I think there are a few people, PTs out there, that have interpreted the rules for their own gain. Um, mainly, and I—I'd like to think it almost comes out of a place of fear because maybe they're worried about their own financials, or yeah. you know, I'd like—I always like to think that everybody has the best of intentions and that they—they they don't operate with any malice. But I find it really irresponsible that PTs are still running group sessions, even in the park outside, maybe even taking their own equipment for people to handle, and you know, we have we have a duty of care to clients, we have a duty of care to ourselves and our own livelihoods, we have our reputations to think about. And I think for the sake of let's say another month, I I think it's just quite irresponsible to add be seen to be, you know, flaunting the rules and actually encourage any kind of group training um in a even in an outdoor environment. I just and like the the real like cynical side of me kind of and I said this to you as well like the real cynical side of me thinks well if if you're any good at what you do you should be able to program something that can still be progressive while inside the home and that you can offer an individual one-on-one session to people or you know make your why aren't your zoom calls being effective anyway that you need to meet people in the park for the sake of another four weeks i just think there's a bigger picture here and the fact is that we're in a global pandemic um but again i'm gonna hand over to you before i go off.
0: cheers amy uh, i love this topic because I, I do think it's like a shades of grey kind of discussion yeah. um well not in terms of your running group sessions outside like you should not be doing that just to, just to be clear but to put, like I always try and, and we, we are in that position, right? So we don't have to try too hard to reason why people are doing it. But I think there's, a, there's definitely an element of, because we've been in lockdown for so long, the novelty's worn off a bit and people are getting a little bit more complacent. And not just that, the fact that the guidelines have been eased it is a step in that direction. So more people out in general. As a trainer, there, I could definitely, if I wanted to start training outside from tomorrow and there'd be clients that would be up for doing it. Um, and and I'd love to see my clients like one, like face to face would be brilliant. And, and they, and again, like I said, there's a handful of them that wouldn't think twice about it if I gave them the green light. Well, if I gave them the green light, they probably would turn up as a group and be up for doing something, but I'm not going to (laughs) obviously because there is that duty of care. And I think, so I understand. And, and I think, I think like the mental health part of it, I think it's not so much that I think a lot of these trainers can program efficiently using zoom and, and maybe doing stuff um, like via documents and setting programming for people. I think it's the, it's the mental side of it and people wanting to have that contact. And, and if, and if two sides want something, it's really, it, the easy thing is to just let it happen. Yeah whereas actually the 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 kind of the harder thing and responsible thing is to say I know you're really keen but but so to me it's quite an easy one because I don't feel comfortable doing it so that to me is like even doing like the one-to-one outside at the moment I'm kind of looking at it and thinking I haven't got a ton of equipment I would have to be doing it in somewhere like a a park where I cannot control the environment I don't know like what if someone wants to go to the toilet what if you've got you know, you're going to take all the disinfectant and stuff out there. What if a dog runs up and stuff? You know what I mean? Like all this stuff, I'm like, to me, it, I didn't I didn't even really consider it. When we went into lockdown, no one knew what was going on. And it was all unprecedented. No one knew kind of the rules and shit. Should the gym be open still? Or do, you know, we should be spraying stuff down. No one kind of knew what was going on. So if people went a bit long, I I, I that I'm not going to hammer people for. Because I don't think everyone kind of got to a place where they were like, shit we can't do this anymore we've got to start meeting people um whereas now i kind of feel like we know a little bit more and it's like just wait a month yeah like if you can do one-to-one safely crack on and clients are compliant and and they stick to the rules but if you're running small group classes what is the point of doing it yeah i I don't risk reward
1: exactly and it's not like it's not like we're asking people or we it's not like the government are asking people to wait a year it's the sake of weeks you know weeks and i understand there's people's livelihoods and like you say the mental health that aspect of this is huge. absolutely huge of course it is it's that connection um you know, it's the connection for the, for the trainer and also the mental health of the client as well, in terms of their exercise, they might actually not have been doing anything for the last two, three months. Um, so there's a lot involved in it, but it's, I just think anyone that chooses to take that risk on themselves without thinking without putting the client at the forefront of their mind in terms of the risk that they're exposing them to then I just think that's a little bit irresponsible um, personally and I think we are in an industry that the ultimate the whole point of our industry is to promote health and to promote longevity and to you know you know eliminate hopefully eliminate lifestyle related diseases so why would you go and put yourself and your clients at risk of a virus
0: how can't people get their heads around that though so like (laughs) so the the argument is i see i I read this earlier on an argument would be this isn't my argument an argument is well you know we'll we'll talk about gyms opening stuff but let's say gyms and pt in that's promoting health. surely that's where we should be like getting them back first or whatever. And I'm like, no, no, I get that, but gyms, healthy habits, eating well, good behaviours, that's a long term play. that's that's the long term, that should be to be something that's just going on all the way through, okay, at the moment, like you can't go to the gym. But how people can't see that at the moment, we have to try and keep distance between us, yeah still like that's what's going to help immediately yeah long term of course i'm not going to say everyone should stay away from gyms far from it but for now you could like you said it's it's weeks it might be another few months which would be tough but um yeah it's such a it's a really difficult one that when i saw so we have like a shared document where we put the questions and rants and topics on and when i saw you put that one on i was like that's the one that kind of like Uh, piqued my interest the most because i was like oh i hadn't kind of i hadn't thought about pts uh like breaking the rules not ones that i know (laughs) anyway not throwing anyone under the bus
1: (laughs) i don't think it's breaking i think it's choosing to interpret yeah
0: it's it's that's the thing
1: Slow. i mean because like we've even had friends that have choosing to interpret the rules differently because they want to see their mates and like I get it of course I get it but you know like it's meant like you say, it's mental health as well it's about the situation you're in and maybe some people aren't in the most fortunate situation at the moment and they are looking for that but I just think you can argue, yes, that the rules are open to interpretation, but I think with regards to what we can do as personal trainers, I think it's quite clear.
0: Oh, I think it's pretty cut and dry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's exactly. quite. Clear. I, I think other people, like initially when it was um, when it was announced, so like uh, there was a post on Lift the Bar, and then and then in our my kind of like group PT chat, it was very much. What did everyone think of that announcement? And it was kind of back and forth. And do you know what? Let's wait a couple of days. Very like kind of sensible um, approach to it. And then once it came out and you saw, you saw like the kind of UK active or whoever it was guidelines, you're like, okay, we can actually do this. We can actually train one to one outside. That is a thing that we can do. And I would say within like my group of PTs, I reckon there'll be half of us that don't and the other half that are doing some form of it. Um, and then it is on that PT and that client both to adhere. Um, and yeah, like trying to let common sense prevail, but it doesn't
1: always happen. It oh, does always happen. Very bold common sense. Yeah, Jesus. I
0: know. Oh, well, gosh. this, and this is another, this is kind of ties in slightly with returning to the gym and um, a discussion I was in today online about when gyms do reopen. So you can feel this kind of like want from people to get back to the gym or get back exercising for all the reasons we've just outlined. But read, again, reading the UK um, active guidelines of gym reopening. Thank you, Tanya, by the way, for sending me that um, PDF. Very kind. Um, Gyms are going to look a lot different.
1: Oh, hugely. And that's not going to be a short-term thing. That's going to be a long-term thing. Like, gyms are going to look different for a while.
0: Gyms are going to look very different for a while, and I don't think people appreciate what is going to be asked of them because until I'd read that document I kind of guessed around oh yeah it's gonna be a bit of social distancing and we're gonna to have to clean the equipment which again I think is something that we're all all—we're cleaning the equipment and hygiene in general I think it's been like a slap in the face to everyone even if you were like good you better up your game and be like pristine
1: everyone reads that on the wall oh you should have your own towel. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, and by the way, like sweating all over a bench and wiping it down with your towel that you've been wiping every other bit of equipment with, that ain't gonna cut it anymore. That's, I mean, <laughs> thanks for that. At least it's dry. That doesn't yeah. kill the bacteria. Um, oh God, I've completely lost my train of thought now. Yeah, so the, hi- all right. the hygiene, I just think of this rancid old sweaty towel now.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hygiene's one thing, social distancing in a gym it's not just a case of so let so take a commercial gym nightmare. Yeah. Every bit of every bit of kit next to each other. I don't know how that can work. Well, I know how that can work. You literally tape off every other treadmill, every other bike. They're normally pretty tight the rows though. And how does a gym function on 50% capacity when they're um yeah, like that that to me like financially is going to be a struggle. For gyms that are a bit more, you know, like unit so like Coru or like CrossFit style that's easier but the how you get people to stay two meters apart at all times yeah I think you are so this is this is what I think is going to happen I think people will go back I think the hygiene is going to be something that's going to be maintained because it's very obvious if people if someone's if you get everyone doing it it's like putting the weights away and cleaning up after yourself if everyone starts doing it When someone doesn't, they stand out like a sore thumb, and you can be like, you're not being a dick then, you're like, look man, we all do it, it's just something we do here, we all spray the benches after we use it. Social distancing, we've all been missing social contact. You've got a bunch of people that have missed, they've missed the barbells, don't get me wrong, but they've missed the contact. And there's no doubt about it, if you know someone, or if you're friends with someone or family member, your guard is down. So this is what something they were saying about why we're not allowed to go around parents' houses and stuff, because you will give them a hug. You will get too close because naturally you're less suspicious of someone you know, um, and you're putting them in an environment where there might be a little bit of standoffishness at the start. But I think after a while, I think it's people start to soften. People yeah. start fist bumping. You know, if someone does well, you pat them on the back or, or you're like, oh, well done, mate. You know, you just do like people will do it without thinking. So I think the people that would always go to the gym and love the gym, I think that nothing's going to keep them away. Nothing will keep them away. Like it could still be height of the pandemic, or well, it was the pandemic and people were still training like normal. Yeah. The people that I worry about are the people that are a little bit older that are, that are maybe slightly skeptical about gyms anyway and slightly fearful. Um, so I think you're going to have a harder time getting the older demo in the gym and i think a lot of those are people that really really need it yeah and i think and the the one thing i i don't worry about my clients so much because hopefully i've done enough to build some trust so like if i say you know that it's safe to come back then hopefully they take my word for it but i do think you're going to lose people that people that were a bit older and maybe a bit intimidated about coming into the gym who just started to get into it and now this has been thrown in and if you thought gyms were a scary place because of people looking big and really fit and everyone knows what they're doing throw a potentially life-threatening illness into the mix I I think that's going to have an effect and and I'm not being like that's not being pessimistic but like I hope that I'm wrong
1: I was yeah. I've never kind of heard that before. I kind of hope the opposite. I'm ever the optimist, you know. Yeah, this this is it. I kind of hope the opposite happens. I kind of hope people who need the gym now and people that have really seen this situation as a wake up call for their health and their well being have are actually now thinking, oh, do you know what? Well, the gyms won't be as busy and. Maybe I actually will invest that little bit of money in a PT or a nutrition coach or someone that can actually give me some guidance and, oh, it will be a little bit safer and, oh, they won't actually be be packs of intimidating teenage boys over near the weights area. So, you know, maybe that those people that really want to make a change but have struggled Maybe this will be the time where they actually do feel like they can because of the restrictions in some sense, but i agree I think it's a really, really fine line. I do agree with what you're saying, I think it's a really fine line, and I think the gym environment is going to look very different for a long time, and it will be interesting to see how how commercial gyms and how unit gyms like ours our gyms adapt to it because I think will be more able to adapt than say the more commercial gyms will um so it might see you you know you might see a complete change in actually how people train um so you know and that can only be a positive thing because we all are gonna go on the journey together and learn together about different ways we can train and i think it's it's it'll be fine now now it's summer i think depending on how long this goes on for as it gets a bit colder and chillier I think it might it yeah it might get difficult but who knows
0: I would love to think like the the yeah the the optimist side of me thinks that not just in gyms but as a whole like people start taking health more seriously Mm. and taking care of themselves whether that's getting a gym membership or hiring a coach or buying a bike or whatever it may be but it's difficult i read something the other day and it it, i can't think who it was It was someone on facebook but it was just a comment of i I, it's kind of similar thing i really hope that this has a positive impact on the nation's health but it's not like um being told that exercise and eating healthy and being a healthy body weight people know that already right it's not like we're telling them anything new it's just suddenly now you can draw like and that correlation between what we talked about last week poor health and um health out negative health outcomes kind of like that and now we've just got something where we can literally every day look on the uh, when these stats come out when this is all said and done and they start tying type 2 diabetes obesity when they start tying this stuff to it and like jesus that was the after age that was the next predictor like, ob- like in, i think i'm sure it, it might even be in the uk or america but obesity is right up there mm. um along with all the socio-economic stuff as well but it's but there's will that be like the jolt that people that people need time will tell day I mean,
1: tuned coming in episode 325 <laughs> yeah, yeah. another fitness podcast
0: <laughs> coming in about five years time well that was bollocks nothing changed <laughs> at all did it <laughs> And on that bombshell.
1: <laughs> on that, that was bollocks bombshell. Let's leave it there.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's one um, from the trailer.
1: Thanks, Andy. Thank you, everyone that sent in questions as well. Um, we've got a few more that we're gonna answer in the next few weeks, but keep them coming.
0: Yeah, uh, massive thanks to everyone who took the time to to write down questions, that was very kind. Apologies today if either A, the edit's terrible and choppy, my sound's awful, Builders knocking in the background. Anything just I'm apologizing for the podcast here. And
1: <laughs> I'm,
0: just, I'm just gonna say that at the end. Well done if you made it this far through.
1: We had a good pilot episode, Andy. And episode two was quite good as well. So next yeah. week we'll be cooking on gas, I'm sure.
0: So much for third times the charm.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, we'll leave it there. Take care, mate. And I'll bye, love. mate. See you next week.
1: Bye.
0: Bye bye. bye.